We are in communities, not just conservative religious communities, but communities all over the world mm -hmm. where we are forcing ourselves into these squares of this is who I'm supposed to be, this is yeah. how I'm supposed to live. And especially as women, yep. those of us who have grown up in the last 30 to 40 years, it's I'm supposed to fit this mold that's now in front of me in every capacity at every yep. single angle. And it's no longer these small local communities where you're working through very real human things together. We are comparing and contrasting ourselves to an entire population people. Yes. Hi, I'm Colleen Nelson, licensed therapist, trauma expert, and fellow badass woman ready to rise up right alongside you. This podcast, Let the Rest Burn, is for the woman who has ignored, attacked, or even silenced her inner voice because she thought it was broken and needed to be fixed. It's for the woman who is ready to rise up and fully step into her desire, her joy, her full power, and make the impact she was destined to make. For the woman who cannot stand one more second waiting, watching, and witnessing the world crumble and is ready to rebuild and expand into a better future. For a woman who is so done trying to fix the world, she decided to start with healing herself and she let the rest burn. everyone and welcome back to Let the Rest Burn. I am Coco Nelson and I am here with Hope Petraza. She is a holistic nutritionist and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. And I'm going to let her explain to you what that is in just a moment. Welcome, Hope. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. All right. Why don't you let my audience know what a holistic nutritionist and functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner is and what it is that you do? Yeah, I know it's a mouthful. It's like, I can't say the acronym, but like nobody knows what that means either. So it's like, it is a mouthful. So basically what I do is I help women get to the root cause of chronic symptoms um, with functional nutrition, which is getting to the root cause. And I use functional labs and functional screenings. And then I combine that together you know, taking a holistic approach, I combine that together with energetic healing. So I'm also trained in Reiki and I do human design and right now studying the emotion code. And so really diving into like emotional healing. So I'm putting all these pieces together to help women heal um, on a physical level, but then also on an energetic emotional level as well. Ooh, I love that. Okay. So I have to ask, what is your human design? I am a three, five manifesting generator. Ooh, I love it. What I, is yours? I'm a two, four, uh, sacral generator. Nice. That's mm -hmm. awesome. We are an interesting, interesting type. I will say that. Yeah, it is. Well, and it's funny because like all of the like studying and training and stuff, two fours and three fives can like, rant, 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 like rub against. So it's funny that well, he's also manifesting janitor. So I'm like, so I can totally Ooh. see our like where we rub each other, but it's like, it's such good like lessons and learning and yeah, so it's, it's good. <laughs> I love that about human design and I love yeah. that you're combining it with all the other pieces because yeah. I think when we self-explore and try and find out what's going on with our health, with our body, with our energy, there's always this like I find, especially in Western medicine, there's like this one path that just yeah. you have to go down this yep. path. Yep. So what got you into this field? Why did you step into the space and, and start to combine all these incredible modalities together? Yeah. I mean, I think like anybody else, like I'm sure you could say the same thing and you're, you know, everything that you do, it's, you know, it's based on our personal journey, right? And I've had, yes. I had a long journey, um, like health-wise with myself. There was 
kind of a twofold path for me. Like part of it, I had really bad digestive issues as a kid. I was in and out of different, you know, hospitals and doctors and endoscopes and colonoscopies and all the poking and prodding and cameras mm. and all that. All really for the last doctor to say like, oh, you have IBS, which is like, oh, we don't know. Your stomach's hurt. Like, you know, we don't know. For me, it was taking that journey upon myself. Like I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to teach myself and kind of figure out my own path of healing. It for me was the physical part. And so I did a lot of work. I Sometime in my early 20s, I decided I would, after reading and stuff, I'm like, oh, you know, I'll go plant-based and that'll be the thing that fixes me. And for me, it worked. Not saying it's for everybody, but for me, it worked. But my gut healed, my allergies, I mean, like my physical health really started to transform. And then I also went through a lot of personal stuff. I, I was, I went through a really nasty divorce and I bought a business. All of this is like happening at the same time. So things started to be uncovered and like, you know, layers are being peeled back where it's like, okay, I have, the, I feel like I got a handle on this physical piece. Then there's all this other crap that like was under the surface, right. That I hadn't really dealt with because on top of that, I had years and years of disordered eating behavior. And so while I was trying to heal myself physically, I still had this terrible relationship with food and with my body and hating my body and obsessive exerciser and just really, really not taking care of my body, even though I was like trying to eat right and taking all the supplements and doing all these physical things. So, you know, working through my own healing and, you know, worked with some spiritual coaches and really kind of dove into my own like spiritual journey. I think that's where, where I came across human design was kind of unpacking a lot of these things and working through my own healing and realizing like, okay, the physical health or the physical healing is good and all. But I am a firm believer that our physical health there is always an energetic or emotional root cause to anything that's showing up on the physical body. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't realize that until I was working through my own healing. And so you know, I have a brick and mortar Pilates studio and I kind of started the physical like nutrition coach kind of basic stuff with them. And I really started to figure out that piece too with, with those ladies I was working with. Like, you know, I could talk about calories and macros and stuff all day, but it really wasn't getting to the root cause of what was going on in their body, right? They had these mm. chronic things going on with their gut and inflammation and their thyroid and their hormones. And and then when you peel back those physical layers, okay, let's get to the underlying cause of this, right? Like you work a lot with trauma, like, right? There's underlying trauma, emotional things being stored in the body. And we're not addressing any of that when we're just talking about calories and what you're making for lunch. So there's just so many, I feel like there's so many layers mm-hmm. to the healing process that isn't being these layers aren't all being uncovered. The the need here isn't being met with just the conventional medical model, right? And so that's kind of my, my perspective is like, let's, you know, disrupt the status quo and like kind of turn that model on its head because there's so many people struggling with chronic disease, especially in the Western world. And it's so much deeper than just what we're putting in our mouth. Yes. Oh, I love the explanation because it not only pulls into your personal experience, but just also what you've seen and what you've tried and like how landed you where you are, you know? So I've worked with disordered eating a lot as a trauma therapist. I have some experience actually working in an eating disorder hospital, Mm. um, which is good and bad. I'll be honest with you. Those centers are a necessary evil, I guess, but they right. definitely are not doing it right. Right, right. Um, I can see that. There's a lot missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They're getting better and better and, and pulling in people like yourself and uh, people like mm-hmm. myself to actually do some of the deeper core work of what's happening under the surface. Right. So I think it's really important to understand when we're looking at health and we're looking at your own personal you know, healing journey, you, you've got to look at it from so many different angles. It right. isn't just heal this piece yep. and then all is fine. It's like, no, yep. this piece is healing. Well, then this piece starts to poke up. So then mm-hmm. this piece comes up, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like this this journey. Yep. So I ask this question with every guest and then we kind of go off with 
what, whatever comes up. Mm-hmm. But you gave us a little taste of this with your yeah. your last statement. But yeah. what what did you have to burn? And maybe it's a couple things. But what yeah. did you have to burn in order to land where you are today mm-hmm. with your Manny Gen husband <laughs> <laughs> and your successful career and you know who you are sitting in front of me today? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I touched on the big pieces. I think for me, I had this huge revelation. I think it was last year. I kind of had this big revelation and it was kind of comp- all these different things I've been learning and working through kind of compounded, but I had this big revelation in working with this, this spiritual mentor of mine. And she does a lot with human design and just like really helps pull those pieces out, which is pretty cool. But I, I realized that for so long, even as I'm going through this healing for so long, I had really been holding myself back from like being who I really am in a sense mm. of, so I, you know, I had done this, like, you know, I said, I started kind of with the physical parts of the nutrition and I kind of slowly started weaving in these kind of spiritual pieces, but I really wasn't like owning that part of myself. Like, I still feel like I was still kind of like, people are going to think I'm weird or people, people are coming to me for the physical healing, but they're not going to understand this piece because mm. they don't really get it because it's not really mainstream, right? So I feel like I wasn't really owning that part of me. And at some point last year, I had this revelation and I was brought up in a very conservative, I grew up in the Bible Belt. I'm from Louisiana. Grew up in a very conservative state um, area. And so I think for me, what I realized was that, and this isn't to like, I don't, this is just me speaking objectively. This isn't like bashing anybody's upbringing or anything. But I realized for me, for my journey, that my religious upbringing had really stifled like my my soul, like, and, mm-hmm. and allowing me to really be who I was designed to be, right? I was living yeah. by these rules and trying to live the good, you know, be the good Christian girl using air quotes mm-hmm. and realizing that how much that had really stifled my my soul's desires. Yeah. And then kind of working through my own spiritual journey over the four or five years, those pieces really started to kind of unearth. And last year, I think it was the big revelation where I'm like, realizing what exactly I'd been holding back. And mm. and the years I spent with disordered eating and hating my body and this, it was me trying to fit this certain mold. It was me mm-hmm. trying to do this thing a certain way and look a certain way. And, be, and so I realized all of these things are really just this fear of judgment that mm-hmm. you're like, is like ingrained in you in this, you know, in, in conservative religious communities, I guess. And mm-hmm. what are people going to think? And how does it look? And it's all about appearances and keeping up appearances. We have to look yes. like everything's good on the outside. And so all of these pieces just came crumbling down at some point last year. And that really talking about like, I really felt like this old version of me was like burning to the ground. Yes. And so that really was a huge piece for me and really owning like this desire that's been like burning in my soul, but I've just been kind of like containing it a little bit. And just kind of letting that out and like, mm. here I am, this is what I do. This is this is what I'm here to do. And I'm being called to do this and I'm going to do it unapologetically. Oh, so first of all, I absolutely love your explanation of all of that and, and the strength and bravery and courage it takes to do that. You know, I have lots of different listeners with lots of different belief systems, mm-hmm. but I would say like, if you listen to me, you, you're very well versed on how I feel about any sort of religious modality, government body, like anything that tries to control our ability to fully express and have a sense of true belonging. So people can find a lot of solace in religion and I I welcome them to it. And I think there is a lot of religious trauma and there's a lot of trauma that has happened over the course of the last 20 to 30 years in the generations that that have come up because yeah. we are exposed to the global community and right. um, and so many other things. So I think healing those wounds, however you decide to find your spiritual center and connect with spirit or God or whatever it is, is up to you. But 
being able to actually love yourself in the mm-hmm. process. And if you look at any religion, it's based in love. Right. It doesn't always end in love. Right, 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 <laughs> but right. It starts the there. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. The intention is mm-hmm. love. So, so I think that people who are who do find souls and that are able to connect. But I think yeah. that that's the problem is we are in communities, not just conservative religious communities, but communities all over the world mm-hmm. where we are forcing ourselves into these squares of this is who I'm supposed to be. This is yeah. how I'm supposed to live. And especially as women, yep. those of us who have grown up in the last you know 30 to 40 years, it's I'm supposed to fit this mold that's now in front of me in every capacity at every yep. single angle. And it's no longer these small local communities where you're working Mm -hmm. through very real human things together. We are comparing and contrasting ourselves to an entire population of people. So you are definitely speaking to, I think, something collectively we are Mm -hmm. all trying to work through as millennials because we just have been thrust into the global like world in a way that our brains can't quite comprehend. Mm -hmm. And it does take an effect on your actual physical body and your relationship with it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. And I, I think that's, yeah, I mean, it's, and then, you know, I didn't even know religious trauma was a thing. I had somebody on my podcast a while back, she was talking about that. I didn't even know that was a thing until I connected with her and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, that's like, I totally feel everything you're talking about. Like all of this is resonating and people don't realize how much your subconscious is affected by those things for so many years. And, and again, I, you know, I still, I, I'm, I'm a Christian and I will say Mm -hmm. that I'm still, you know, I believe what I believe and I still have my faith, but it's, it's, it just serves me in a different capacity. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the way that I've kind of understood it for myself, I feel like growing up in, at least in the, you know, conservative community that I grew up in, I think we have such a small view of Mm -hmm. God Mm-hmm. I think it's just, it fits in this box and then that's it. And anything outside of that box is like, oh no, that's not it. That's not our God. And I just think it's, mm-hmm. it's just so small. And I think yeah. as I've, I've grown and I've come into myself, I'm like, it's, God is so much bigger yes. than universe, whatever you want to call him. And, and that's the thing. I don't even like, whatever you call it, it's whatever you call it, but it's so much bigger than this little box that we've tried to fit it in. Yes. And it just doesn't serve us to to have that limited perspective of what's possible and then what of what's available mm-hmm. to us. I find a lot of women in particular like step into a place of self-betrayal and self-sacrifice as they try and fit into this tiny little box with God, right? It's like totally. in order for me to be in this box, I have to release desire, passion, sex, yes. um, any sort of like wanting Yes. <laughs> of anything, yes. right? Yes, totally. Um, I have to completely release all those things and be a complete um, shell of who yeah. Yeah. I am in right. order to be a servant of God, right? And mm-hmm. so this is – I'm a, I was raised Catholic. Yeah, so. yeah, I feel you. No longer Catholic. But yeah. <laughs> I think that this is this is a point in which I find so many of my clients are so scared to say this too yeah. in session. They're like – because they do have faith, they do have their connection to their higher power, and they don't want to offend me because they don't right. know my background usually, right. right? Right. And and I'm like, oh, there is no offense taken, and mm-hmm. there has to be a conversation about this when we're talking about healing our bodies, healing our energy. We are collectively healing our our connection to the divine, mm-hmm. right? This is it's going through a such a radical change in our global community because of the corruption that we continue to find in these religious yes. communities that I yes. think. This is such a big piece of the healing process. So this came to you last year. How did this 
like manifest itself in your life. So you were having these conversations, but mm-hmm. what what shifted for you? What actions did you have to take? Like yeah. what did this change for you? Because I assume your family is still in Louisiana? Um, so no, my mom, um, my parents, my parents live, so I'm, I live in San Antonio, Texas. My mom lives here. My parents moved here years ago. My dad got transferred. My dad passed away about five years ago. So it's my mom who lives here. And, um, it's funny, you know, it's funny you ask that because that, that was kind of the piece for me too, that I I felt like, and, and, and I, you know, I have some family that still lives in Louisiana, but they're not like, you know, like extended family, right? Like it's, I'm not as worried about like what they think of me kind of thing, you know? Yes. yes. And I think for me, a lot of it was, you know, I have some, some close friends who are still very Mm -hmm. a part of that community. And I have people that, 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 that I love that are still, you know, that's their belief system and that's how, you know, it's fine. And my mom has kind of been that camp, but I, I have found over the the last handful of years, um, my mom has kind of been a little bit more progressive about things. But I think that was in my head. That was part of me holding myself back was me. There was some mother wound stuff going yes, on that I needed yes. to work through. And I think that was part of it was like, oh gosh, is my mom going to like, what's my mom going to think? And what is, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that was a big piece of it. And I think it was letting go of that. And my mom and I have had some really good conversations about stuff because we went, we went to dinner a while back. It was a few months ago. And she was like, just like randomly, she's like, so do you still believe in God? Like, it was like one of those. And so we were able to have a really open conversation where mm. she was like, I totally get what you're saying. I agree. So oh. we were able to kind of connect on that where she's like, you know, I've been able to kind of shift my perspective on things too and realize, you know, wow. so those conversations are just like, you know, more confirmation for me that it's like, I am really living out my soul's purpose and I'm really mm-hmm. able to connect with people. And, and, and I also think it's confirmation of, I think that's why a lot of people hold themselves back from really being themselves. I mean, that was why I held myself back for so long. It's we're so afraid of what everybody else is going to think of us or whatever, yes. or these hard conversations that we have to have with people once we quote change, right? Oh, you've mm-hmm. changed. That was like, I, like that, that conversation with people just gave me anxiety. Like, Oh, you've changed. Yes. But, and like, yeah, maybe you have to let some relationships go that aren't serving you. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times for the people who really love you, it's, you know, I think we don't give people enough credit sometimes that people can yes. be more open minded than we think sometimes, yeah. at least the people that love you the most, you know, and people are going to accept you or they're not, and you have to be okay with it. So I think that was the realization for me. It's like people are either going to accept me or they're not, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be okay with it either way because I feel peace in my heart and my soul that this is mm-hmm. me. And so, like I I went through Reiki training, and I just I started like pulling these pieces out of my business and how I'm talking about my business and like on my yes. website and social media. And so I think for me, it's just slowly kind of letting these things kind of trickle into like my everyday. Like this is me. Like mm-hmm. I am, I am all about the woo and I'm okay about, I'm okay with it. Like if I'm too yes. much for you, then I'm, I'm not, I'm not right for you. Right. So I think it's yes. just coming into my own and just being confident and pulling those pieces out and owning it and knowing that like the peace I feel in my soul is all the confirmation I need that I'm on the right path. Mm. Mm. So beautifully said. And that piece I think is absolutely the most important thing that that everybody needs to work on as they are leaning into more self-expression. Yeah. Right. Our, our two most important human desires are a need to belong and a need to self-express. Yes. And we need both to be healthy, right? Mm-hmm. But so often people deny their self-expression to belong mm-hmm. or people believe that in order to self-express, they lose their belonging. Yep. And so what has to happen in this healing journey is being able to come to peace with really recognizing 
you belonging to you mm-hmm. first, like that healing that shame wound, healing that that fear. And we are always going to care what people think. I'm just going to say that out loud. Right. We are com- we are right. a comparative species. Our yeah. our ego or our frontal cortex is that's how we learn. We're in constant comparison. And I read this uh, just recently in this book. It was so good. We're talking about how the evolution of the brain is so slow and yeah. our our environment has rapidly changed. And so what's happening is the part of our brain that is for survival, our hindbrain, is consistently looking for threat and looking for comparison because that is how we have survived since the hunter-gatherer times. Mm. And we haven't been able to adapt that part of our brain to the world that we have now. So we're constantly looking for threats and we're constantly comparing. So what you expose your nervous system to or your five senses on a daily basis, you don't have control over that filter. You think you do cognitively, Mm -hmm. but this is where we have to really watch what we consume, what we're looking at, what we're reading, what we're listening to, because our brain is automatically going to compare and automatically going to look for threat. Mm -hmm. And so this is why mental illness is such a high. This is why our bodies are screaming at us to Mm -hmm. stop Mm -hmm. because we have not adapted yet. Our, our, our true like nervous system has not adapted to the present reality and it becomes very dangerous for those of us that are trying to make those spiritual energetic upgrades and our body's like, wait a second, but there's a tiger and it's around the corner. I know I can't see it. I know I can't see it, but I swear it's there because I just saw it on your TV and now it's gone. You know, like it's it's like a child in the room, like telling yeah. you that there's a scary monster under the bed all the time. Yeah. And so this is, I like, I love that you bring up this this component because it's so important for us to like slow down, do our healing and and have these hard conversations and face these fears mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because then we show our nervous system in real time that we can self-express and belong. Right, right, and, right. And be okay. And okay. be okay, <laughs> yes. And, and even if you do that and maybe you don't feel okay right away, like the journey to being okay feels so much better when you're in an authentic place yes. in your body. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's been a huge one for me is owning, not owning, but, um, I guess enjoying is the word I'm looking for. Like enjoying the journey, like being okay with the hard parts and like, yeah, I've had some pretty crappy parts and I've had some tough parts, but like being okay with it and, and trusting that, you know, the trust and the faith piece comes in. I think that's for me, just trusting the process has always been, it's like my control freak, like type A thing. Like I I like to say I'm like a, a, um, sort of recovered perfectionist, but it still comes out every now and then. But for me, that's been the the piece is, is kind of like taming that piece down the perfectionist type A piece Mm. and like surrendering or relinquishing control is a, is a hard one for me. Thus my years of disordered eating behavior. So I think that's been a big one for me is it's like, okay, I can trust the process. I can enjoy the process. I can enjoy the journey and just let the journey unfold. And yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. And that's an art form, returning yeah. to trust and surrender. Yeah, you know, totally. I'm curious how this shows up with your clients, especially women. I think we have we have leaned really heavy on control and our masculine mm-hmm. traits to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as we reclaim the feminine and we reclaim some of that surrender and that uh, play and flow and, mm-hmm. and creativity, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of ways that this shows up. Mm-hmm. So. You know, how do you see control in particular show up with the work that you do? 
Yeah. So I, this is why I love the human design piece so much because mm-hmm. I can really help my clients understand themselves at an energetic level in a way that they've, for the most part, there's, there's a few that come to me that they're at least familiar with human design, but they've never like learned how to really integrate it, you know, into their life. Oh, and yes. so I love being able to help people understand, and integrate this piece because for a lot of my clients, and really there's been like this theme and it's funny you ask this because over the past probably three, four weeks, there's been this theme with a handful of my clients where this kind of perfectionist piece is showing mm-hmm. up and this, um, like one of my clients messaged me and she was like, I'm, I'm feeling this piece come up and I didn't realize it was, it, I had this, this trait until now, but it's like, I don't want to do it if I know I'm not going to be good at it. And so if Ooh. I'm not going to be good at it, then screw it. I'm just not going to do it. But it's this perfectionist piece. And so for me, it's such a crucial part to understand yourself at this energetic level to understand where these pieces are coming from. And for these few clients, we're diving into like their ego center and mm-hmm. worthiness. It's like a worthiness piece, right? And kind of yeah. untangling that piece. And so I think a lot of times it comes down to that. And it's a lot of times we don't equate it, equate it to worthiness, but that's really what it comes down to. Um, and like looking for like seeking validation to make themselves feel worthy or like being needing to like prove themselves, make themselves feel worthy. So I I think that's where it shows up the most for me. And and I work with, you know, a lot of high-performing women, they're either, they're professionals, they're entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Um, some of them are stay-at-home moms, but they're high-performing either way. They want to be good at what they do. And that, and like you were saying, I do think that it's this, we've been, condition in this masculine energy for so long that it's it's sometimes so hard to make that shift and not to get rid of the masculine we need both right oh, like we're not getting oh, rid yeah. of the masculine it's it's teaching people how to balance that out and that's a tough one but i think the worthiness piece is a huge one for me with the women i work with and that's a big one that we work through i you know i and i think it's such an important word to return to the sense of worthiness mm-hmm. right this is this happens unfortunately at a young age where we step into this space of inherently believing in our worth as children. That is like children are born believing they're worthy. Clearly, look mm-hmm. at how much they demand from you <laughs> as toddlers. Like totally. I deserve the spoon that I want in the drawer <laughs> that is the same spoon, but it's that one, right? Like their worthiness is they intact. They know what they want. Yes. They know what they want. <laughs> but in our desire as adults to control children, we tend to attack their worthiness. Mm. Like, who do you think you are to deserve that other spoon Mm -hmm. in that drawer when this spoon is the same spoon? (laughs) Right. And, and it's generations upon generations upon generations. We don't, you know, if you're a parent, you're like, Oh, I I did this this morning. Please don't panic. It's not actually affecting their worthiness to tell them they should have this spoon. But, but what happens is it's these repetitive statements that our kids watch us say about ourselves, mm-hmm. watch the community say about themselves. They listen, they absorb, and they just adapt to our human culture. And our human culture is you are not deserving and you are not worthy unless you've earned it. Yep. So you need to earn it and then you are deserving and worthy of some things, yep. right? And this is you know, such a web we have to untangle as a human species and it will take time and it will mm-hmm. take many generations. But this worthiness factor is such a, a huge piece of facing the shadows, you know, mm-hmm. perfectionism being one of those shadows mm-hmm. that comes up for us because it's just trying to figure out why we as children were wounded, right? right. Like, well, I can fix it as if I'm perfect. I can mm-hmm. fix it if I do this. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really beautiful you use human design with your clients to discover this because it gives an explanation mm-hmm. 
you know, so for those of you that know human design, you're going to understand what I say here in just a moment. For those of you that don't, send me a message or <laughs> follow hope and get a read. Like it's, there's, there's lots of information out there and I love human yep. design, but I have a defined ego center. I have a defined mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. Right. And so my innate worthiness is a little bit stronger right. per se right. than most. So I was in, as a child perceived as too much mm. and like my belief in myself and my kind of inherent belief in myself, my unquestioning or unwavering belief right. in myself was seen as arrogant or, mm-hmm. you know, and so the wounds around worthiness were not that I believed that I wasn't worthy. It was that I believed too much uh-huh. that I was worthy, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's a really interesting, you know, paradigm shift. And so I say the words that I change it to, right, is clients of mine that have an undefined ego center, undefined um, heart center, I'm like, okay, so the question is, am I worthy? Am I deserving? For those with defined, I say, am I lovable in my worthiness? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, totally. I believe I'm worthy of love, but am I lovable if I mm-hmm. believe that? It's mm-hmm. so, <laughs> it's like a weird mind twist, right? It is, yes. So this is, I see that come up quite a bit. And so when you when you give these women these tools, when you mm-hmm. give them these tools in human design, what do you find happens for them? What's the ahas or the the healing process? Yeah, I think I think a lot of the women it's it's connecting for a lot of them it's connecting the physical parts mm-hmm. that are happening to these pieces. They're like connecting yes. dots. Yes. And like last week I had a client of mine and we were um she's like re- dealing with a pretty intense estrogen dominance and a lot of crazy hormonal things going on. And she sent me a message and she's like, okay, I was, you know, I was looking back over, read, listening to your, you know, your explanation of my human design again. And she has this open sacral center. And so we started talking mm-hmm. about, it, and this is, you know, associated with our, you know, sexual organs and all of that. And so, so there were some light bulb moments. Okay. So then I'm talking to her about, you know, her kind of inconsistent energy in this space because mm-hmm. it's not defined and what this means in terms of work. Cause she's also dealt with like anxiety and burnout. Like this is where this shows up. So it's, it's the connecting the dots of these physical pieces with these energetic and emotional pieces. And kind of what I was saying at the beginning, like how I, I really believe that there is always an energetic or spiritual root cause of these physical things that are showing up on the body. It's like when women like recognize that within themselves, they're like, holy crap. Like, and then they have these tools because we're talking about human design and we're talking about, you know, emotions and where emotions are stored and all that stuff. But it's connecting the dots, understanding the connection, and then being able to, I guess it's a perspective shift too for Mm -hmm. them, being able to kind of shift their perspective on things. And like for this one client, it was, she was like, okay, now I realize like I've always felt, because I, she also has an open root center. So like, you don't have that consistent drive to keep going and doing. So she's like, well, crap, like in my family, like it's a cardinal sin to just like sit down and not do anything. And so like, so it's connecting and realizing like all these things in the past I've been conditioned have led me to this point, And now this is why it's mm. happening. But now I have the sovereignty to untangle these things and, and reconnect things, rewiring things. And I can look at it from a different perspective and have a different perspective on how I work and when I work and why I'm working like that kind of thing. Mm. I think that that deeper understanding and the ability to like, be back in the driver's seat of your own life and your own path feels so empowering. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I do say there's, there's a difference between like having the knowledge and applying the knowledge, right. And and the application is extremely challenging, which is why I always recommend like have a community, have a mentor, have a therapist, have somebody in your corner that can help reinforce this for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is so powerful to have this knowledge. 
And especially when it comes to the body, because so oftentimes we try and find these answers in a definitely convoluted (laughs) way that often leads us to a solution, I'm putting in air quotes, that is a Band-Aid. Yeah. for the the core issue. My favorite one as of late is the incessant like incessant statements from common medical professionals when women come in with any sort of like struggles with their period and they're always putting them on birth control. Oh my gosh, don't it get me started. <laughs> drives me insane. I literally oh can't. I cannot. <laughs> okay, like for those of you that are on birth control, to each your own, but I the the statement of you're having issues, let me put you on birth control makes yeah. me want to scream. Yeah, yeah. No, I could talk about this for, for days. So I am totally with you. I mean, I was one of them. I was on it for years mm-hmm. because that was why. And oh, I, 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 yes, I am with mm-hmm. you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if people are finding themselves like, okay, wow, this is resonating with me. Wow, like I have stuff in my body that I don't understand that I'm trying to figure out. Like what is the first step? What is the first step for people who are are kind of done with the traditional path mm-hmm. or maybe want to add? They mm-hmm. want they're on traditional and they want to add some mm-hmm. of these other elements, right? What's that first step you recommend that they take? I think the first step is going to be kind of twofold. The awareness piece is always the first step. And I think the awareness piece, uh, uh, the awareness that something is going wrong is usually like, like we know that, like our body's already telling us that. That's usually an easy one. Like I know something is hurting or it's bothering me Mm -hmm. or whatever, but it's the awareness that what I have been doing up to this point isn't working Mm. and I need to try something else. I think that's also an awareness piece that there's a reason it hasn't been working. So now it's time for me to try something else, try different method. Let me find someone with a different perspective. So I think it's the awareness piece and then the willingness. I think that's the other like step part of this, right? It's the willingness to try something different. And I've had clients who were, you know, a little skeptical about things. So, you know, we're talking about chakras and human design and, you know, energy centers and stuff that's, that's off the wall for some people. And I think when they start to connect the dots and they're understanding how all of this is connected that, and I had one of my clients say that she's like, you know, I saw, you know, I've done yoga before and I always thought the chakra system was just a bunch of like BS, but now I'm understanding all these things are connected. So I think it's it's the awareness and willingness to try something new and to and to, just to look at it from a different perspective because that's not that that's all it takes. You need somebody to look at it mm-hmm. from a different view, like from a different perspective. You need new eyeballs to look at it from a different perspective. So I think, think just the the drive, the willingness to try it a different way. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of clients too that come in and they're like, I have literally tried everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I have I have a client, a woman in her fifties, and she's got incessant migraines. And has literally been to every doctor, specialist, mm-hmm. person, human mm-hmm. that could possibly help her. Mm-hmm. What do you say to those that are like, I've tried everything, hope? Like, yeah. what Like, what next? Uh, yep. I, and I, I hear you on that too because I have clients who tell me the same thing. And they will come to yeah. me and we'll have you know, calls before you work together. And they're, they've tried other functional practitioners and they've tried all – you know. So I, I think my answer still really remains the same because I firmly believe that healing is always possible. There is never mm-hmm. a point where it's like, oh, well, sorry, you tried it all. Like, I guess you're just screwed. This is it. Like our bodies, our human bodies are designed to be well. Like they are, and they're actually designed 
divinely designed to have everything they need to heal themselves. There is something that's creating a blockage, stagnation. Something is blocking something from you reaching yeah. that healing, that full healing. And yeah. so in my mind, it's like, okay, yeah, we've tried it all, but you obviously haven't tried it all because you're still not healed. And I know that's sometimes that harsh truth is like, well, no, but I have, but you're still not healed. And I, I have had clients that I've worked with that, that like you're saying, they've literally been to I mean, you name the doctor, they've been to the doctor, functional medicine doctor, pulmonologist, rheumatologist, like every doctor under the sun. They've done therapy and they've done this, but there's still something that's blocking. So that's too goes back to my first point on the willingness and the openness to try something mm-hmm. new and try have a different perspective because people can have the same, you know, letters after their name, but they still have a different way of approaching things. Correct. And so yeah. it's just finding someone who can look at something a little bit different and find find that that missing piece. And I, yes. I just I really am just a firm believer that we all have the ability to heal. It's just finding the right having the right people in your corner to, to find where the missing pieces are. Mm-hmm. I believe you as well, and mm-hmm. I really think that the openness to continue down the journey of mm-hmm. healing and growing is part of the human experience, totally. whether it be a physical, emotional, psychological relational experience, your openness to continue to to be exposed to different and new perspectives is part of how you heal. Absolutely. And so I think that's that's it. It's a it's a really tough one. It's a really tough statement to make for those mm-hmm. of you that are exhausted by this process. <laughs> you know, it's not just my one client, it's many of my clients yeah. who have experienced this. And it's but yet you're still seeking answers, which tells me you have the resilience and the courage and the belief that you are worthy of healing. And I think that is such a powerful piece. So like, don't be discouraged. Keep going. You are not alone. We are healing generations of people Mm -hmm. by seeking these answers because by challenging the norm, by trying different things, by learning your body, you are teaching the younger generations that they can do the same. So it's such a powerful, powerful thing for us to do. It really is. Okay. So Hope, how do people find you? Do you have an offer right now that's like your favorite thing that you're putting out there? If they're just screaming over here, oh my gosh, I need to talk to her. Like where do they find you? Um, So you can find me on Instagram at the, T-H-E, the Hope Pedraza. Uh, My website is hopefulandwholesome.com. I have a free Facebook group. It's Live Wholesome and Healthy, just all things like functional wellness, human design, all of the fun things. And I think I... My offer right now, I'm most excited about. So I have kind of a handful of signature programs. All my programs are evergreen, so you can jump into them whenever. But I have a new one that I just launched, kind of along the lines of the, some of the things we've been talking about. It, but it's the Adrenal Restoration Program, and it's mm. I myself have like had to heal myself from complete adrenal exhaustion. Like I mean, like my cortisol levels were almost non-existent. I had to like bring myself back from that. And I think the adrenals are kind of this powerhouse of the nervous system that we really underappreciate and underestimate like the power that they hold and how much that their lack of function is affecting other other part of our body. And mm. so my adrenal restoration program is kind of a rebuilding of the adrenals and it's and it's all it's it's physical, it's emotional, it's spiritual. So kind of like a three-prong approach I take to it. Mm. But it's it's all of the things we're talking about. We're, you know, figuring out where the emotional stuff is being stored and the trauma and where we're looking at the physical part. Cause I'm doing the functional labs and we're seeing, you know, what your cortisol levels and your hormones, but it's this kind of full comprehensive process to bring your adrenals back to life and really restore balance and, and, and balance to your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that offer. I'm like, hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Adrenal fatigue is something I, I wish more people understood because totally. it is such a 
huge component of so many different things. Everything. Um, yes. The endocrine system is like so undervalued in yes. so many ways. Mm-hmm. So I I love this. I want my audience, everybody all over the world, <laughs> to please look her up and and really start to get curious. Start to get curious. Start to like lean in the direction of you know what would it look like for me to actually heal and to continue to to find these answers and not be exhausted and not feel the way you feel knowing that health is possible. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you so much, Hope, for yes. being on my podcast. Thank and I cannot you. wait to see all that you do and the healing that yeah. you provide. For those of you listening, just keep showing up, being yourself, and let the rest burn. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single second that you chose to set aside for you and the impact that you're going to have on the world today. To be inspired, to be seen, and to hold space starts with the very actions we take with ourselves. Look at the show notes for more information. Like and subscribe and share with friends if you feel inspired to. And as always, let the rest burn. Thank you.